transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. In this blessed month of October, harvest time. There is not much to harvest in the high desert, still too dry and too hot. In the daytime, anyway. But when the sun goes down, when it drops behind San Gorgonio at a more reasonable hour, there is hope again. There is joy. As you wonder for the first time since the month of May, where is my jacket? The windows are open again at night. Leave them open until midday on the west side of the cabin. Get up to the mountains if you can and see the leaves turning orange and red and yellow. Spread yourself out beneath the aspen trees and let them sing you to sleep on an early autumn afternoon. It is the harvest of souls. When the veil becomes thin between worlds. Well, maybe less of a harvest and more of a diplomatic exchange program. They, the good people, take some of our human souls. And for a while, some of the spirits reside amongst us. Do not waste this precious month, this blessed month of October. It is not the time for Zoom meetings and gym memberships. For as long as we have harvested food, the cool months after summer have been the finest time of all. When the bounty was enjoyed by all, when blessings and abundance come from our gods, La Yorona and the Yucca Man. The Owls and the Elven Hordes. Blessings upon us all. So we don't have to go far from home to see strange and terrible things. Although, if you can go out to the woods, go out to the desert, go out to the swamp, your chances increase. It's Netflix, I think. I think it's Netflix that keeps people from going out by the hundreds with uh, shotguns and 12-packs to 
try to solve the mystery in the classic American fashion. So if you hear something going on, go ahead and go outside and take a look. Do a vigil. Sit up. Get your friends to come out. You can set up a you know, infrared camera or something like the, the Ghost Hunters show, or an EMF detector, but you're not going to get anything to prove it to anybody else. All your, At best, you experience something that will shake the foundations of, of your reality. And if you're in a place like this, you're probably in favor of, of such experiences. <laughs> This, this is like a, a an Eagle Lodge taken over by uh, Terrence McKenna or something. <laughs> because there's so much public land in the place where I work, the Mojave Desert, the Southwest, there's a lot more space for things to not be clogged up by... All-night lighting, 24-hour gas stations, convenience stores. It's quieter, it's darker, and the people who are out there are generally out there with, with purpose. Now, your purpose can be other outdoor activities. Your purpose can be, well, like people like to do in uh, uh, Joshua Tree these days... They like to have their first mushroom experience out there. And I'd say spend a day or two there before you do that. Because you hear such wild stuff sometimes, or at least it's wild to the person. And you're like, well, you, you saw a guy who lives behind the Circle K. It's not a cryptid, you know, or uh, the, the thing that appeared to be six feet long in your sleeping bag with a million legs. Well, it was about six inches long. It's a centipede, and they bite. So watch out for those as well. We have military flares often so that the, the 17- and 18-year-old uh, Marine kids can run around and, and pretend to shoot each other. And it illuminates the, the desert, dry lakes underneath. We have a lot of oddballs who moved out there to try to freak out the squares. Artists and people who used to do light shows and raves, that kind of thing. So sometimes what seems to be the Close Encounters mothership landing next to your Airbnb is just a neighbor five acres over who does this every night. <laughs> But I do encourage people to come out there and visit and uh, put some money into our local economy. You know, the tourism in Joshua Tree has really helped. Our economy used to be the Marine Corps base, motorcycle gang meth, and white flight. That was about it. <laughs> Now, you know, we, we got people showing up uh, who are quitting their jobs, who want to be artists, who want to who 
want to pursue music all the time, sculpture, people who want to save the desert, save the world, join the land trust, watch birds, learn not to freak out about rattlesnakes. It's not hard. Once you see them a bunch, you just learn. Well, if I don't step on them, they kind of leave me alone. And you don't have to kill them just because you're scared of them. You can put them in a Home Depot bucket and and dump them on the the neighboring Airbnb lot. speaking, this radio show broadcasts from uh, a dubious structure in the high desert, the Mojave Desert, a land of little rain, a land of strange plants, odd creatures, scorpions, the aforementioned centipedes, desert tortoises, and horned lizards. When I was a kid out there, they called horned lizards horny toads, which seemed fun. But somebody, the librarian or something, found out. Now we have to call them horned lizards. But they really do shoot blood out of their eyes if frightened. So don't frighten them. They're small. They don't have a, a whole lot of blood. This is, as far as Desert Oracle Radio has ranged from home so far, they like to keep us in the desert. Palm Springs and Yucca Valley, Phoenix and Anza Borrego, Death Valley, Albuquerque, the Canyonlands, Slick Rock Country. What makes those desert lands and scattered towns so strange and haunting is the space and the sky, the panoramic landscapes and the claustrophobic box canyons. Miners' cats creeping around your cabin. Strange sights moving low and slow and quiet in the impossible sky. As a land of strange folklore, which we tend to associate with remote wilderness, land that has been cursed by many and loved by few, and it's a big part of the work in the American desert to dig up stories about these weird animals, weird people. It's a tough place to live, but people keep moving there. To the cities and suburbs, despite the troublesome lack of water and the ever-increasing number of days over 100 degrees, over 110 degrees when you're talking about the Sonoran and the Mojave Desert, proximity to each other can make people soft, can weaken their natural abilities to use the wits that got us to this point, whatever this point is. We used to get in handmade canoes and cross oceans. Not for a book deal or a social media stunt, but for the sheer hell of it. What's over there? Maybe it's better. 
Let's give it a try. But in recent decades, we've mostly lost those abilities to the point where, and this is true, there's a, there's a white guy with dreadlocks and tevas who's made a career out of explaining how a compass works on TikTok. <laughs> a compass might have made a difference in, in this story. Who knows? It's called The Boy Who Vanished. San Gorgonio stands 11,503 feet tall, the highest peak in Southern California. The snow-capped mountain that looms over Yucca Valley, Joshua Tree. It's part of Sand to Snow National Monument now, part of a chain of protected wilderness and protected natural landscapes, stretching across the Mojave hundreds of miles into Death Valley and into the White Mountains and beyond. A herd of desert bighorn or mule deer, the mountain lions that follow, could wander for 600 miles from Mount San Gorgonio down to Big Morongo Canyon, across the Little San Bernardino Mountains, eastward through Joshua Tree National Park, north over the Sheephole Valley Wilderness, and across Mojave Trails National Monument through Mojave National Preserve, up the spine of the Bannamint Mountains. In theory, anyway, once we get wildlife crossings built over the busy freeways, hopefully soon. Nearly three decades ago, a troop of Boy Scouts was hiking up to the top of San Gorgonio. Jared Negriti was in this troop, an eighth grader from El Monte, nearing his 13th birthday. Hundreds of people do this hike every summer when temperatures are comfortable at the summit. But like most mountains, that last thousand feet is hard especially if you've never done such a thing before. Well, Jared was exhausted. The troop leader inexplicably left a 12-year-old boy alone to wait on the trail because he was too tired to continue. The rest of the Boy Scouts continued to the peak with the lone adult in the group. When they returned on the way down, Jared wasn't there. It was July 19, 1991. The hike began at Camp Taquitz in the forest south of Big Bear, a place where generations of kids have hiked and swam and spent memorable weeks at summer camp. Who leaves a child on a mountainside? The expectation is that the adult chaperone will bring the Boy Scouts home. Search and rescue teams from the Sheriff's Department, volunteer groups, and the Marine Corps scoured the mountain for 19 days. They found his canteen, his beef jerky, wrappers from candy, some footprints that matched his shoes. They also found his pocket camera. A dozen pictures had been shot. And when the film was developed, it was established that 11 of the photographs were taken before Jared was lost. They were landscapes and pictures of the forest and the wild mountainside in summer. The 12th picture was of Jared himself, a selfie in the current lingo. Because his face is illuminated by the automatic camera's flash, the search teams decided that this one was taken the night that he was lost to the world. Only his eyes and his nose appear in the photo. Even without the emotional clue of the mouth, the picture is heavy with dread. His eyes are haunted by dire circumstances, the last glimpse of a boy who was never seen again. His remains were never found. No bones, no shred of clothing, no shoes. Temperatures were mild throughout the 19-day search, and there was plenty of water running down the mountain and creeks and streams. 
The young boy on a hike up a Southern California mountain surrounded on all sides by roads and civilization just vanished. Those ravens tell me it's time to open up the haunted phone. I need a volunteer to come to the phone and share a, a, a short a short story, an experience that might uh, add to the sense of dread or at least entertainment tonight. I'm not here. I, I see someone. I'm not hearing them. Siblings. One, two, siblings. There we go. It's, it's, it, the phone's 70 years old. It's got some problems. Uh, sir, what's your name? My name is Mr. King. Mr. King, uh, thank you for calling. You, you, you must have something on your mind. Um, I have a uh, monster story, Ken, you might be interested in. I'm, I'm always interested in monster stories. It's not a... It's a northerner monster story, but not a northern monster story. Uh, we'll take it. In the uh, spring of uh, 2017, I went to a trip to the Joshua Tree Park with my wife, Mrs. King, who's right over here for the people in the room. Whatever, right, okay. We uh, landed in 29 Palms Inn, as I'm sure you're familiar with. It's a nice place. They in it, 29 Palms? We loved it there. Yeah. That's the first place I ever saw a Desert Oracle uh, publication. I think that was before the radio show. Is that true? Yes. It's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, we headed out the next morning at dawn from the 29 Palms Inn. And let me preface this by saying I'm from the Great Plains. I am a northerner, a Yankee. The desert gives me the creeps in general. It's a good kind of creeps, but it gives me the creeps. Anyway, the next morning, around dawn, we're driving through the Joshua Tree National Park. We stopped to uh, hike one of those little trails. Like, not deep, you know what I mean? One of those trails that's like 20 feet off the road. Like a, yeah, like a day hike, a loop trail. Uh, it wasn't even a day hike, it was like a 10 minute hike. Anyway, it's delightful. It's we beautiful. call those a hangover hike. Fair enough, I'll take it. We're walking along there, and I am, you know, taking a few photos with my phone, as one does. And I put it on the, let's just say, a popular social media site. A nice uh, picture of some, uh, I believe they're called uh, Koya. The cactus? The cactus, yes. Koya, yeah. Koya. All right. I, we do our whole thing. I put the thing up there. We head over to Slab City, check out some real estate in Bombay Beach. You know, all the usual desert <laughs> kind of stuff. Anyway, four years later, this social media site reminds me that I had this 
photograph from four years earlier. Okay? When I saw this photograph, I realized that I was face to face with a yucca man. Like broad daylight, this guy was clowning me, trickster god type energy. Like right, he was three feet away from me. Just like pulling faces. De describe the monster, sir. He looked, in the photograph, he looks like a, you remember how people who went to raves in like 1998 looked? Like a googly eyes and funny hats and, and boots and gloves doing uh, glad hands and all that kind of thing. This was exactly this yucca man's M.O. And I shit my Modus operandi? That's, that's correct. I, I see we both watched Quincy M.D. Daylight sighting. You took a picture. Uh... What 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 did you feel? Did you feel anything at the time, or did this come to you later when you saw the, the, the other mention? At the time, I felt only the general kind of awe a northern uh, person feels in this sort of environment. I didn't feel uh, threatened. I didn't feel like he was... He or she, hey, who knows? Who can, who can say? In this day and age, I mean, Christ. Why would we? I, I didn't feel uh, frightened, but I had a, a desert energy, is what I would say. But it wasn't until years later when I saw it post up on a memory feed that it, 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 it rattled me right down to my bones, sir. Oh, thank you so much for, for sharing that. And if you don't mind, if you would send me that picture, I would love to see it. I have, I have, a, I have a collection of sorts. I will send you that picture. Mr. King, I appreciate it. We have time for one more quick call if uh, anybody else would like to jump on the haunted payphone. And don't worry, there's Clorox wipes right next to it. <laughs> For calling, who are we speaking with? My name's Mary Alice. I live here in Chicago. Mary Alice, thanks for joining us. You got you got a weird tale for us? I have so many, and I wasn't sure what I should tell you, but I thought let's try the short one. Yeah, well, I've, I've got one of a cryptid you pro you didn't mention locally. So I went to high school about an hour away from here in like the Indiana Dunes State Park area. And a lot of us had really nothing to do other than drive around in the sticks with each other. So we saw a lot of weird, but there was uh, a lot of people believe in the deer people. And they live in the national park. De deer people. The deer people. Deer people. And they, they make the local paper sometimes, these sightings of the deer people. And they have antlers. 
and they are these wild humanoids with antlers and they will run along the side of your car if you're driving fast. And you, you saw one of these? I've seen them and a lot of people I know have seen them. They're just like, that's just a thing that exists in Northwest Indiana is the, the deer It's the people. deer people. Yeah. <laughs> they, they travel by coach now. What's that? Safety first. <laughs> So um, I, I wasn't sure that you'd heard of that one. I have not, and I and if you would not mind, if you would uh, send me an email telling me more about that, the deer people—that's something that I I, uh, I feel like I need to waste a, some some of the I'll months remaining can, of my life. I'll see if I can study. pull together some intel. From the Thank local, you so much media, for the call. Uh, newspaper article. You're welcome. And across the great Mojave wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio, broadcasting from Joshua Tree. One of these days, we'll get a current list together of all the fine community stations that air the show from Alaska to Vermont and a lot of spaces in between. But you can always find it on the usual podcast systems, Spotify and Pandora and Apple and etc. I had hoped to get the new issue to the printers before hitting the road, but, well, you know the story. Somebody's got to drive the truck and make the radio shows and write the stories and walk around the desert every evening hooting back to the owls. It will be the autumn issue, is what I'm saying. So close. So close. Much of this episode was recorded live at Illuminated Brew Works Lodge Number no. 1 in Chicago. Thanks to everybody for coming out. Thanks to Devin Davis for recording the show, John Barlow for doing the sound, Jason Pritchett and IBW Chicago for the screen print posters made special for the night, and Red, Blue, Black, Silver for the nocturnal gospel music. If you want to hear the full hour-long show about Mothman and the Coal Hollow Monster and the Illinois Black Triangle of 2001 and all that, join us at patreon.com forward slash Desert Oracle. Or go to desertoracle.com. Thank you for listening. And happy October. The finest month of the year. If there was ever anything you wanted to do in the desert and it just seemed too daunting, October is the time to think about your plans again. Reconsider. But please don't start a wildfire out here. Thank you for listening and good night from the Voice of the Desert.